Hey everybody, welcome to This Week in Kirby, the special edition of This Week in Marvel podcast, celebrating the 100th birthday of Jack King Kirby, one of the major figures in Marvel, in comics, just a huge creative voice, and we're talking to a variety of people about what Kirby meant to them and different stuff. Today I've got with me a special treat, Lorraine Sink. Hey! Host and writer of uh, Marvel Minute, as well as Thwip, the big Marvel show. I'm just going to try to put my mic right. There yeah, we go. there you go. There we go. Sorry if that was roughly. Now, Lorraine, in addition to what you do for us with the videos, you're also a writer. I am. Talk a little bit about what you've done on the writing side of things, the books you put out, and the kind of research you've done into the history of Marvel. For sure. Um, so I have... My second book is coming out this September, so this is (laughs) well-timed, and that's going to be called Ultimate Marvel. The book I wrote previously was called Marvel Absolutely Everything You Need to Know, and that, those both of those books are from DK Publishing Mm -hmm. that write a a lot of huge anthology books, which this is that. Uh, Marvel Absolutely Everything You Need to Know is kind of like a fun, facty, sort of, uh, you know, funny and and sort of factazoid feeling book. Uh, it's really great for all ages. I think adults really love it, uh, as well as kids. Mm-hmm. And then this Ultimate Marvel book is really a comprehensive book. It really goes into character backstories, starting with the very early days of comic when it was Atlas and Timely. Oh, nice. Like all the way back into like the original kind of soldier comets, like Combat Kelly and all that kind of stuff. Oh, wow, okay. And Rawhide Kid, like yeah. way back. Uh, so it really starts at the beginning and it goes all the way up into the present. Um, and I, I feel very proud of that book. And I, I also feel very, I, I co-wrote it with three other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel very proud that I, I put in some uh, elbow grease into <laughs> saying like, hey, I really think we should feature more women in this book. So nice. um, I feel very proud that we have more women featured in that book, I think because I spoke up a little bit. And I feel really good about it. So anyways. Good on you, man. Yeah, thanks. Um, so... Yeah, that's that's it. Uh, I've been doing a ton of research, especially over yes. the last two, two, two and a half years since I've been writing these books, especially. I mean, I always have done a lot of research writing for previously The Watcher and now with The Big Marvel Show and The Marvel Minute. Uh, but it was nice to do these deeper dives where you really have to sit down and just read like yeah. huge anthologies of books. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on, because you've done so much research on Marvel in the last little bit. And you're stuff that you've learned is still fresh in your mind <laughs> as opposed to some of us who have just like known this stuff forever and kind of forgotten and more than we've remembered but i want to know specifically obviously when you do a book about marvel you have to touch on jack kirby he's a right. pivotal figure what kind of things did you learn in the course of your research that you didn't already know about kirby well you know i think it's interesting because you sort of just think of like oh jack kirby he's like a father, a forefather of comics. Mm-hmm. You know, he really kind of built the industry. And then you're like, and he worked on all of these sort of number one issues for a ton of characters, a huge part of character creation in the sort of boom of Marvel comics when most of our characters that I think are the most beloved were created. So you kind of think of him in that way, but gosh, it's so it's a lot of things. I think that, um, Something I think that is really interesting that, you know, as we started delving into Captain America's 75th birthday, it was really fun to sort of look back into Kirby's early days working with Joe Simon. And, like, Kirby was born on the Lower East Side. Mm-hmm. He literally, in interviews, have said his inter- uh, his old address was 131 Suffolk Street. You mm-hmm. can, like, go swing by. Mm-hmm. And that all of those characters... Did you? 
Uh, I have no, I've never okay. been by actually. We should go. I know. We should go sometime. We should do be fun. field trip. That All would right. be fun. Yeah, he was born on Essex and grew yeah. up in Suffolk, right down the street here from nice. us, it's not crazy. far from here. Uh, and it's really interesting, I think, to look back into his history because everything he talks about from growing up is 100% present mm-hmm. in the characters that he For worked sure. on yeah, and yeah, created. Yeah. Like, you know, the thing is very much associated with Jack Kirby mm-hmm. and he has a lot of that sort of attitude. He was a tough guy from the hood, mm-hmm. but he also had this, he has this great sense of, uh, you know, he was born in 1917, uh, okay. <laughs> right? And so he has wonderful talks in, in a lot of his interviews and things where he talks about like, you didn't say anything about a guy's mother like mm-hmm. you would you would beat him up you would do a lot of things but even the mafia guys would call the police on you if you started talking about somebody's mom because there were just certain things you didn't do that's crazy which is hilarious that's but awesome you see this like very interesting sort of street morality mm-hmm. that is really prevalent i think in comment like in superheroes of of the day right mm-hmm. where it's like um there are things we don't do. Like, we will punch people out, but we don't kill people. Right. We do, like, there are these uh, sweeping moralities that I think really come from this early turn of the century attitude that was born into him as a child of immigrants from Austria mm-hmm. uh, growing up on the Lower East Side. Um, gosh, should I just dive in? I mean, there's yeah. a lot of stuff. I'm loving this. I, I think you've got great insight into uh, the Kirby stuff, so please continue. Um, I also think that, um, you know, we don't talk a ton about the Marvel method anymore. It's something mm. that people kind of are like, oh, the Marvel method as a as a sort of colloquialism, but we don't right. really talk about it as what it was, which was in the old days of comics, uh, because they were trying to just spit out as many comic books as they could as quickly as they could because they were trying to make money. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the editor-in-chief, often Stan Lee or, or uh, previous iterations, would uh, basically say, okay, this is what we're going to do. We are going to, I'm going to give you a storyline. Here's my idea. Like, write a book about four guys. Maybe they're fantastic. This is what they do. Uh, Let's do this story. Mm -hmm. And then the artist would really take that, storyboard it out, and make it into a story. And then the writer would come back and write in all the bubbles Mm -hmm. and fill out all the language. Well, I think that's really what made Kirby such an amazing artist in particular is because that really forced him into a place where he had to tell the story completely visually. Mm-hmm. Whereas before you might've been able to uh, sort of rely on the words sure, or lean be, on the dialogue, right? Lean on yeah. that uh, breakdown. Yep. So because of that, his art also like forced your eye in the way of reading. So your, I was forced left to write. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way he drew action was really particularly targeted towards storytelling as opposed to just being display. It was really like telling the story and the emotional uh, sort of depths of these characters because you would see characters go from high heights and deeply emotional places. And I think that greatly speaks too of the collaboration between Lee and Kirby. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also he dealt with scale, I think, in a new way. Like you see the immensity of like... the some of the stuff he does with the Fantastic Four where they have, oh gosh, what is the name of that crazy machine that sends him to the negative zone? It's like the Transfigmatron, you know, know one of those. Yeah, I know what it is, but... But it's basically a huge structure and it's like kind of where you start to see like, oh, we're dealing with like gods and titans quite literally and you see that immense scale and then of course Kirby created the Kirby Crackle Mm -hmm. um, which is 
basically it's a very dotty, if you're not familiar with it, it's a very <laughs> dotty sort of inky look that um, represents intense energy often in space. Mm. And so all of these things just like changed the way that people were drawing in general. And I think it became sort of the litmus of like, are you doing good work? Can it stand up to these like Kirby tests almost mm -hmm. of storytelling? So I think that's really what he added. And two, it's people I think forget like we, I, a lot of times I think we really honor writers because we love the story. Sure. But we don't feel the story unless the art is good. And I right. think that's something we often forget about. You see sort of the faces <laughs> that Kirby draws, uh, even though they're so different from what we might see today. You, It's really, I think, the beginning where you start to see the story be told uh, emotionally, mm -hmm. as opposed to just being like, wow, whiz bang. <laughs> you really hit them up, villains. Yeah. So, I mean, those are sort of the things that I think are, you know, the most impressive. And also just that he's created a gajillion, yeah. a gajillion characters. I think... Uh, a solid gajillion. A solid gajillion. I mean, it, it literally is sort of every fundamental character of Marvel, starting with Captain America, yep. co-created with Joe Simon, like now 76 years ago. Oh, boy. Yeah. Long which time is ago. super crazy yeah. uh, and is also super informed by... I mean, it is. You, you, when you hear Jack Kirby talk about his morality, it, he is Captain America. Mm -hmm. I mean, he grew up on the Lower East Side. He was this tough kid who was tiny mm -hmm. <laughs> and and joined the war efforts and did all of these amazing things. Uh, and, and also, it's like we have the X-Men, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, Thor, Hulk, uh, the Avengers as a yeah. team, the Inhumans, all the, the characters Fantastic that came out of Four. Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Silver Surfer, yeah, it's Galactus, crazy. Yeah. Just the the amount of creation and what he contributed yeah. to. I mean, it's bananas. So a lot of that stuff, and that's really great insight. And thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that. Um, that's kind of stuff that people know about Kirby. Is there anything that surprised you as you were learning mm -hmm. more about Kirby? Like maybe something you didn't know going in that made you rethink your your take on him and his legacy uh i think the thing honestly that sort of surprised me i've heard him in a bunch of interviews which i highly recommend the kirby museum has mm. some awesome recorded like in one in particular that's like an hour and a half really comprehensive interview where he's talking to j michael uh starsinski yeah. yeah from the old spider-man run which i yeah, love yeah. love love uh as well as another gentleman who's a writer uh but it's really comprehensive mm -hmm. and it's interesting to me just to hear one like i forget he's like old school new york yeah like Frank Thierry in New York, but he is one. There's really, only one Frank Thierry. There's only one. But Frank there's only Thierry. one Jack Kirby. Um, but he's really old school New York, and I think it honestly surprised me to hear him talk how much he is his characters. Hmm. I think, you know, he and he's not like a, he's a he's a very interesting man, but he's not like a super smooth wordsmith. He's a really normal, really honest guy. Mm -hmm. And he's very candid. Mm -hmm. And I like that there's something about him that's just sort of like, ah, I'm off topic. What are we doing? What are we talking about? There's no BS about him. Yeah. And he really is, he, you know, he talks about how he, in, in that interview in particular, he talks about how he saw a woman 
who her her child was pinned under a car and she like mustered through <laughs> all right. of her her adrenaline you get that crazy parent strength yeah, yeah. to pick up the car and yeah. save her kid and he said you know we all have that inside of us wow. i know he's like i have been in situations where i could bend steel mm-hmm. if it was necessary yeah. and it really is so his characters are him and yeah. it's it's weirdly just on the nose it's it's crazy to hear you talk about all this stuff because you know even like all my knowledge of kirby i always think about he created so many characters mm-hmm. his art is great thing in that but you're really speaking a lot to his personality like him as a as a person as a character mm-hmm. and that's and that goes like really into the marvel universe dna of i think we always think of stan lee as the guy who's like out front being a character representing mm-hmm. marvel but it sounds like kirby was that as well oh i think absolutely and and you know Kirby was New York, mm-hmm. and Marvel is New York. Yeah, you know we we say like it's the world outside your window, mm-hmm. and our superheroes are all sort of helmed here. And that was Kirby. You know he was that guy from yeah. the streets growing up, and he wasn't necessarily the Tony Stark guy, mm-hmm. right? Like he was he was the thing. He was the guy who was just grew up with a little immigrant family, mm-hmm. in like a tenement on the Lower East Side. Cool. Um, and I love that his DNA is in the DNA of Marvel. Yeah. You talked a little bit about this already, but I want to dig into it. And that is what kind of impact Kirby had on art specifically to say comic art and even to a wider scale art in general, how is it different before and after Kirby? How did he leave a lasting legacy on just the art of producing comics and art? Well, that's a big question. (laughs) Take Uh, your time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think, you know, f- for sure that both both Lee and Kirby, you know, really contributed to the heart mm-hmm. of of the comic book industry. Mm-hmm. You know, we've heard some great interviews with you know, Lee being on the on on really being like I'm going to leave Marvel. I don't want to tell these kinds of stories anymore that are just sure. whiz bang shoot 'em up kind yeah. of stories. And really saying, I'm going to, you know, fight for this. And I think that Kirby is the person who who put that largely in action mm. because it's where we first, for the first time, we're really seeing the emotional depth of these characters. And and that is a visual, that is a visual medium, mm-hmm. sure. you know, because we're, as human beings, right, behavior is indicated visually. We can't. We can't see words, <laughs> uh, and well, unless you have speech bubbles. But you know yeah. what I mean. I know what you mean. So I, I feel that truly, uh, he is sort of the father of emotionality mm-hmm. uh, in in artwork, and I think too, you know, it made way for um, a lot more realism mm-hmm. in comics. You know, I think now we're in almost like an ultra-realism place of comics yes. where it's like we have almost photorealism in a lot of comics. We have, you know, people um, talking very normally, you mm-hmm. know, and texting and getting on on Yambler, which is our equivalent of <laughs> Tumblr. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think that he really ushered in that sort of movement. Um I mean, gosh, it's that's such a huge question. Yeah, and I'm I'm not an art historian. I wish right. I were, so I I don't know that I can give you the depth that maybe some could. But um, he definitely. I mean, uh, too. I think he he also. I mean, 
very much a product of the 60s and sort of 70s. Also really, I think, made room, (laughs) I think, for a lot of the psychedelic art that came through in the 60s and 70s and was sort of uh, in the early stages of opening uh, open that up into comics and art. Kirby had a hand in creating so many characters uh, within the Marvel Universe. He populated it like nobody else. Who are some of your favorite Kirby creations or co-creations? Oh, gosh, that's great. Um, <laughs> that, I mean, it's literally kind of just like, wh- what Marvel characters do you, do you like? like? Yeah, basically. <laughs> um, I mean, you can't, you can't ignore Captain America. Mm-hmm. He is, I think, in my mind, he is the heart of Marvel. Mm. He is, he is the guy who really always is trying to do what's right, uh, and so you have to sort of just like give him props mm. <laughs> off the top. Uh, I find him to be a little on the vanilla side, but I sure. think he like like vanilla. It is the best flavor because it is the most necessary because it's, it's the base for everything yeah. to build on, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to look at my paper because I was like, I want to remember all of these amazing things, um, which is crazy bananas. Um, I think, you know, the Inhumans are fresh in my mind, mm-hmm. and I love that they sort of, you know, Medusa first came in as this villain in Fantastic Four, and right. then, and she was part of the, um, what is it? The, the first, Frightful Four. The Frightful Four, thank yeah. you. Uh, and to see her enter in, into the world that way, and then get to be introduced to the Inhuman royal family. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's something that's so fun, too, that happened in the early days a lot. And I think it was a lot of happy accidents. But mm-hmm. just to sort of, like, usher in these characters and then be like, you know what? You thought they were this, but they're actually this. Yeah. Or like Just like the sort of twins from um, the X-Men yep. having Pietro and Wanda come in as the evil the evil, quote, evil mutants that are under hostage working for Magneto and then sort of getting to turn over a new leaf and be something different. Right, become Avengers. And and to be these multi-layered, complex people, I think, is so fun. Yeah. Um, gosh, it's really crazy. I love... You have um, a huge list in front a, of you. I it's really, awesome. I have them all. It's, yeah. I mean, it's so crazy just to think about. I love Thor and the Warriors 3 mm-hmm. in those early days of sort of seeing Thor as a real god Mm -hmm. uh, I think we do a lot of stories of like oh Thor in this sort of like uh, America world Mm. but it's really nice to also see the like mythos of Thor and be like oh right this guy's been living for thousands of years right Right. that's like his whole backstory. That was I mean Kirby was really into that he was so into mythology Mm. and he did the tales of Asgard stories back in the Mm. day those were great just like filling in the young Thor adventures. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you totally. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's really, it's really everything. And he's given me some of my, you know, my favorite female characters mm-hmm. like Jean Grey yeah. and uh, Medusa, of course, all the gingers, basically. Yeah, all the redheads, yeah. I know what you're <laughs> um, going for. But you know, I think he has really just, um, God, I mean, it's, it's insane because it literally is sort of like, so who's everybody? Yeah, yeah. It, we yeah. could go on and on. Mm-hmm. All right. Last question I have for you. Uh-oh. Um, it's another big one. What do you think is the lasting legacy of Kirby on Marvel in particular and on comics in general? Um, well, I think I think the, the thing I, t- I immediately think is no one can ever take away what Kirby contributed. Mm-hmm. You know, comics are forever changed mm-hmm. because of not only the characters he created, but really because 
of the way he created them. Right. And I, I just think, you know, that's that's it, is that what he has done has not, it, it cannot be undone. Mm-hmm. You know, it is a permanent fixture within the comic industry that this is how stories are told and this is the sort of watermark of good character creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that can never be changed. Yeah. Cool, Lorraine. Thank you so much for uh, coming on and chatting, Kirby. We could go on for another, you know, oh, yeah. however long. But I really think uh, your insight is invaluable, and thank you so Aww, much. Thanks, uh, Ben. Tell people where they can find you, how they can get your books. Oh yeah. yeah do some, do some plugging. All right. Well, you guys should watch the Whip the Big Marvel Show every Tuesday, and you should watch the Marvel Minute every Monday, and those are on Marvel.com as well as our social channels, YouTube, etc. Um, you can also definitely get Marvel absolutely everything you need to know from DK Publishing. You can buy it at Barnes and Noble or mm-hmm. any major book retailer, or you can get it at I believe it's DKPublishing.com. And Ultimate Marvel uh, comes out in September at some point. Uh, I will be, I think, doing signings at New York Comic Con. Nice. So if you're there, you can go by you the DK one? booth. I will. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, so you can you can do all that, and that's that's the most of it. That's it. Well, I thank think you so. so much for coming on and talking Kirby with us. Yeah. All right, guys, this is Marvel Kirby's Universe.